0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com.
0: Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni, I'm the host. It's Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 and we're taking a little virtual journey out to the east end of Long Island. So let's go around the room and have the guests introduce themselves, and we we'll gonna have a nice conversation about beer. Uh, start with Amy.
2: Hey, uh, I am Amy Zavato. I am the content director for South Forker um, Magazine. We are currently a digital publication. We will be launching a print publication in a few months. I've been a booze writer for decades and a longtime friend of jimmy's yeah and
0: a, a, a good booze writer
2: and thank uh, you sir
0: rory <laughs> i'm rory
3: mcavoy i am the owner alongside my partner grania cohen of kid squid brewing company and i'm out here in sag harbor new york
0: all right wait
4: way out east and mr rob hey how's it going everybody uh my name is rob rafa i am the owner and operator of uber geek brewing company and we're out in Riverhead on Long Island, and uh, I've been brewing for almost a decade at this point.
0: Wow. I'll tell you what's what's so cool about this show, Beer Sessions Radio, now it's our 14th year that we have so many friends out there, including you, Amy, <laughs> um, who are, keep us abreast of, of all these nice, what I call micro-communities of, of of brewers and, and, and food and drink people that, that I love to learn about, because I think the last time I was out in even North Fork of Long Island was right before the pandemic. So a uh, lot of changes and there's a lot of things that are new. So Amy, you reached out to me and it was really cool. You told me about this brewery, Kid Squid. Uh, in your words, what, what what is it about that place and Sag Harbor and, and why it's important that we talk about it today?
2: Um, you know... Sag Harbor, I, I grew up in Shelter Island, and Sag Harbor is um, uh, basically just across the ferry from there. And it's a very, very special community. Um, it's very tight. Uh, it's charming as all get out. And and interestingly enough, it has not had a brewery since the late 19th century. And when um, Rory and Grania opened Kid Squid last July, I, I think everybody's ears perked up and, and we're like, wait, what, (laughs) who's, who are these people and what are they doing here? And this is amazing. How is there not a brewery in Sag Harbor before? And um, I got to meet Rory and Grania and tell their story and South worker. And, you know, they're just really lovely people who are super dug into the community and they opened this charming (laughs) tasting room in Sag Harbor and the beers are balanced and delicious and i love them and they're just such a great addition to eastern long island well that's great well
0: th- thanks for bringing us together and, ma- and making that connection gives me one more reason to, to go back out to the east end of long island so rory Absolutely. mr kid squid uh just tell us about your your inspirations and and you know why, why a brewery and um you know why beer w- with you yeah and um my uh, inspiration is uh, I like drinking beer <laughs> and uh, I, I
3: like being creative. Um, and uh, I've been thinking about doing something uh, in uh, in the brewery world for a long time. And I had been doing various uh, different uh, 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 less than uh, fully licensed things for a while. And um, when the pandemic hit, that was my kind of inspiration, really. So uh, just fast forwarded everything, um, and then uh, along the way, uh, various uh, hiccups and challenges and opportunities came about. Um, and the one that um, I'm uh, frankly very grateful for is uh, Uber Geek and Rob Rappa. And you mentioned Jimmy that uh, you know these micro communities. That's uh, pretty macro for me, um, but yeah, out here on the East End, there's there's definitely a a nice community brewing here.
0: Oh, well, that's great. And uh Rory, you know, did you grow up out on the East End? You know what what brings you to Sag Harbor? Uh, no, I did not grow up. I grew up
3: born and raised in New York City. Um, went to uh, Bronx Science for high school. Shout out to Bronx Science. <laughs> and uh Granny and I had a uh, weekend house on Shelter Island since 2010. So absolutely loved it. And uh, when we started Raising a family, we just gravitated out east. Uh, We moved to Sag Harbor in 2018. And uh, one pandemic later, four years down, we've got uh, both of our kids in the elementary school here. Grania is on the school board, ran and won the school board election. I'm on the Chamber of Commerce, and we have a
0: brick and mortar here in the village sounds perfect (laughs) i love your story already and then rob uh, tell us a little about you i mean you're you're a brewer and um you know more about you because there's a lot of you guys are very talented and uh i'm really looking forward to coming out and visit you both yeah
4: so uh yeah first jimmy thank you for uh having me on um yeah we uh we're out in riverhead and uh We've been uh, in operation for the last three years, so we started everything up at the very beginning of the pandemic. I want to say we were licensed two months before uh, everything kind of went bananas, and uh, (laughs) luckily, at at the time, our business model was very different, so we were able to navigate it um, pretty pretty well without getting too uh, slammed. At the time, we only were uh, wholesaling. So we didn't incur a lot of the issues that a lot of people did uh, via retail. Um, granted, you know now we're dealing with a lot of the fallout uh, via retail just from now being three years in operation with a brick and mortar for the last two years. But uh, yeah, no, we're a brewery that makes some really off the wall products, and uh, you know, and then we also have the pleasure of being able to work with uh, people like uh, Rory and Grania. Uh, and like Amy said, you know, Rohingya are really great people if you've ever met them.
0: Yeah. Rob, when you, when you were wow. first making beer, what, what, was, what were some of the first recipes that you made?
4: Oh, God, uh, some, some really <laughs> terrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I remember the first beer I ever made was um, Mr. Beer Kit Oktoberfest. Uh, for some reason, I thought it would be a great idea to ferment it uh, at the top of uh, a kitchen cabinet in the summer and uh, any, any other brewers are listening, you know, probably shaking their head. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, that kind of stuff. And then I remember, you know, my first double IPA was atrocious, but the (laughs) problem, but the good thing is that, you know, through all these mistakes, it, it bothered me so much that I just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper into, uh, into brewing and, uh, trying to figure out where all my mistakes were.
2: Wow. I think I've never heard a brewer say that their first beer was amazing ever.
0: (laughs) You ever
3: did? They're lying.
0: They're lying. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so talk about your relationship. So Rory, you wanted Rob on for a reason. Uh, tell us that reason. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to give a couple of shout outs real quick. Uh, to Rob, obviously an Uber Geek, which
3: we'll go into more depth on, but also North Fork Brewing Company, um, Pete, from North Fork, uh, big shout out to him, and also to Long Island, uh, the old school brewer, Dan and Greg, and Kevin Leonard. Um, just want to give a shout out. And the reason I'm giving those shout outs is this is an ecosystem that um, I was able to cobble together, or maybe better put, I was able to join. Um, it already existed. Uh, so when we first started out uh, looking for a location, we landed on a great one in uh, Sag Harbor in the village, we had a couple of constraints right away. Um, this is you know hindsight being 2020, but at the time, you know there's everything happening all at once. Uh, one of the biggest constraints is the septic and the sewage. A larger one had to do with zoning. Um, however, the village has been great. They let us uh, open up shop. But then the question became, well, how do we manufacture if we don't actually have our equipment you know, brewing in Sag Harbor Village? Um, that's where Pete from North Fork Brewing Company came into play and we started an all prop there. And as we uh, grew in, I guess, in capacity, or ambitions, or confidence, Uh, Then we moved some fermenters over to uh, Rob's at Uber Geek, and we've been brewing a lot of our beer pretty much in Uber Geek under Rob's uh, eyes, ears, and hands, or nose, maybe, and hands. No, that sounds
0: weird.
3: Yeah, So uh, that's cool. So,
0: so Just talk plainly. So you guys, what's, what's officially what you have in Sac Harbor? That's a tasting room. How is it? You know, because you're not. It's a tasting room officially. Yeah, it's a tasting room. Yeah, so we are we are a
3: farm, we're a farm brewery, a farm manufacturer, uh, and we're a tenant manufacturer currently. And our branch tasting room is in Sag Harbor Village. That's to speak plainly and technically.
0: No, that that's pretty great. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people talk about. You know, it's it's a. We're at a challenging time where, um, you know, th- there's a lot of places that can produce, and and not everyone has a great location, you know, for or, or a tap room or a retail. And um, you know, it sounds like you're you're figuring out how to do this, right? I'd
3: love to say we figured it out, <laughs> uh, but uh, the reality is this is. Uh... This is evolving for sure, um, and and so far it's been great. What we have figured out, I'm very happy with. I can I can put it that way.
2: And the New York State laws have been such that it, it, they do allow you to do things like this, like open up a tasting room and sell other people's products if you're a farm brewery or a farm distillery or a farm winery or a farm cidery, and that's you know that's been really super helpful for New Yorkers anyway. Yeah, no, we're a huge fans. Yep.
3: Yeah, as a farm, uh, as a farm brewery, we have uh, restrictions. Which, frankly, when I was homebrewing and uh, and and getting into the professional licensing, uh, was always really not a restriction. It was sort of an ethical decision anyway. Um, And that's uh, the grain and the hops predominantly need to come from New York State. And in fact, we're 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 constantly trying to get even closer and closer and closer. And so far, we've gotten pretty close with the product that can be grown on Long Island. Um, so, as Amy was mentioning, the, that's like the restriction. It's it's meant to encourage the whole you know the whole supply chain from growing the grain to malting it to brewing on it um, is staying in New York State. So that's an economic incentive, uh, and then. The incentive to the actual brewery owner is you can open up five, up to five branches, manufacturing and otherwise, within the state. So there's always that,
2: and sell, a, so and we sell have other two products. Branches, technically, right now, yeah.
3: And and oh, that's correct. Yeah, and that's a big part of it. As also as the that license allows, we can sell any New York labeled product. So we're able to sell. Uh, Sagaponic Farm Distillery, which is the local distillery in Sagaponic, run by uh, Marilee and Dean and Matt, the uh, head distiller. Uh, we're able to serve Channing Daughters, which is a local farm winery, and we're able to serve Wolfer, which is also a local farm winery. So we're very happy to be able to do that, and it's uh, it, it would be something we would do anyway, even if uh, you know laws be damned.
0: Yeah. So, like, tell me about the, the kid squid location. So, it's in this this village. It's like a trendy historic village. It's beautiful. Um, what's your space like, and what's the experience like when you go into Kid Squid?
2: Hmm.
0: Um, we're in we're in the old railroad
3: freight depot uh, of Sag Harbor Village. Um, so, for people who are like who know a little bit about Sag Harbor. They're like, no, there's no train station there. And and you'd be correct to say that. But at one point, there, were, there was a train station and there were the Associated Railroad buildings. This is one of them that we're in. So it's long and narrow uh, with uh, really nice big roof eaves. And this was to keep uh, everything dry back when freight had to get on and off the train. Um We are right behind main street so we're like a little bit secluded off the main street strip which uh can get pretty packed in the summer times and uh when you walk in it's kind of an anti-brewery vibe if i could put it that way yes Uh, the motif is pink pink and and (laughs) the accent is flowers (laughs) Uh, and uh you know there's three-eyed squids everywhere so you know it's um it's, it's whimsical. It's fun. Yeah, whims- whimsical. <laughs> I was just saying whimsical. <laughs> whimsical. What, what was it before you? Before it was uh, the, it was. it only had two uses before. It, it was that freight uh, depot up until right before World War Two, And then in the late 80s or early 90s, it turned into the retail store for the adjacent Sag Harbor Garden Center, um, and uh, that the Sag Harbor Garden Center still exists. It's still right next to us. The retail has moved into what used to be the barn in the uh, in the Sag Harbor uh, uh, Garden Center, and I we took over the uh, the railroad building.
0: Wow! And you you mentioned that you know you your wife and you you've become leaders in your community. I, I always think of brewers and. and I didn't say leaders. Of, you know. <laughs> I was thinking, of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> brewers and and you know, pub owners as leaders, whether they become mayors or governors or like John loop the guy in Colorado, from mayor to governor to senator or something. Um, so, so, tell us your role in the community. You know, you, you've got a, an establishment, a place. You know, you're 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 owning brewery label and you're in the chamber of commerce, you know, I, I'm most curious, like how you perceive yourself. And Amy can tell me too, because I think that that role of of a pub owner or brewery owner is is really important. It goes back, you know, hundreds of
2: years. Jimmy, if I could just interrupt for a second. I mean, Rory's got a really interesting kind of little connection with the former brewery from, what was it, 1894, Rory who was there and this guy was really dug into the community and didn't you tell me he was like a a Freemason and he was in the fire department and he was like this super dialed in like community guy and you know Rory's kind of you know following in his footsteps in a way I mean I don't think you're a Freemason but um. (laughs) I
3: I, I couldn't tell you if I was (laughs) and
2: that's true (laughs) maybe
3: maybe i could i don't know that shows you i'm probably not um yeah Al, alan c Dalzell. he uh started uh, a brewery here in sag harbor i still haven't figured out where exactly it was a lot of this uh village burnt down a couple of times uh since then but uh it was definitely in the village and i found an ad for it and before i found the ad i said you know what if we're able to open this place, I'm going to name it exactly what this guy named it. And I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be like <laughs> cool. And it was, but it was the one thing I couldn't name a brewery, and that's Montauk Brewery. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Van Laa is Montauk Brewing Company. I'm like, what are the chances? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, to speak on the... Uh, this is a small village when it comes down to it. It balloons in the, in the summertime, and if you can't count... If you count all the transients that come through, sounds weird, but you know all the people that come through visiting or whatever in the summer. It's 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 astronomical. But right now, like from you know where I'm sitting now and when I'm sitting in uh, early February, you really get to know like the, the core, you know, year-rounders as they're called, and the villagers here, and locals, and I would love to say I'm like on the road to becoming a local, but I'll never be a local. I wasn't born here. Um, <laughs> My kids are first-generation locals. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're, they're here inside. And uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, we'll see how it goes in terms of leadership and everything. I, I, don't, I don't really see our role as anything but a nice place for community to uh, hang out. Um, I can say this uh, without going too far off on a tangent. One of the most surprising, pleasantly surprising things since we opened our doors six months ago um was seeing people reconnecting with other people randomly because they both happened to walk into the place Hmm. that's that's stuck with me and i and i really really appreciated that and i never thought that i'd I'd, i never thought to think about it um but to see it is really nice
0: wow that 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 tells me a lot about what you guys are doing and and now beer so uh um I looked at your list at for Kid Squid everything from pilsners to IPAs to um, other things. Um, what's your philosophy of beer? And um, let's have Rob talk about if is Rob making some of your beers?
3: Rob's making a lot of the beers uh, alongside my recipes. Um, uh, Rob makes sure I don't go too far well off the rails unless it's intended. Intended <laughs> um, and. Uh, Uh, In terms of my philosophy on beer, it's really, I'm trying to make more approachable beer. Um, And uh, for approachability, I think that's important for where we are in Sag Harbor. We're kind of in a desert in terms of other breweries, both historically and and currently. Um, And so we're introducing beer. I really feel like we're introducing beer to a lot of people. Uh, and introducing them softly with like a low bitterness or more fruity kind of taste. Not only follows the current palate, but it's also good for an intro um, to people who historically maybe thought that the only thing you can drink when you come to Sag Harbor is Rosé. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with Rosé, but
2: it's, a, it's,
0: kind of, it's kind of the speed of this town till, till we shut up. <laughs> what, what about you, Amy? I, I've never really heard you talk about drinking beer before.
2: Well, you know, I am I am really picky about beer. Um, I, I have never been a big fan of. I um. I feel like there's this sort of go big or go home sometimes style of beer with American brewers, and it can be, like, uh, to speak to what Rory said. <clears throat> So, so bitter. And I like bitter things, but it's kind of all about, you know, not to sound like a cliche, but it's really all about balance. And that's what I like about Rory's beers and beers that I appreciate. I like that if there's a bitterness, it's purposeful and it's melding with something else. And there's there's thought and thoughtfulness behind it from the brewer. And that that's what I find in his beers, and that's why I really like them.
0: So you you as the great wine writer, if you <laughs> go into to Kid Squid, which beer are you drinking? Or are you drinking the, the Wolfer's Cider or the Channing Daughter's wine? I like Channing Daughters wine. I mean you guys are Jimmy, really in a, a gold mine out there of of drink options.
2: Jimmy, right now, this very, very, very moment, I am drinking dreamy coffee stout. From Kid Squid, it is in a glass, sitting next to me. I'm so sad; it's almost done. I've actually like gavoned the whole thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds good. So back, so back to beer. So uh, let's, let's go to Rob. So Rob, you make beer for Uber Geek, and you make some beer for for um, Kid Squid. Uh, just tell us what, what's different about the beer that you make for for your 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 own brewery and, and for for others.
4: Yeah, sure. Um... Okay, so first mm-hmm. off, I gotta say that Amy and Rory, you you both are great interview interviewees. I gotta say, like, <laughs> you're you're you you're gonna make me look really bad.
2: Wow, thanks.
4: <laughs> um,
0: so Rob,
2: you're doing great. Thanks, thanks,
4: thanks. I, I know I'm one minute in. I'm I'm doing great. Um, so couple things first, uh, Amy, you touched on something very important. Um, I think that you're right that as far as American brewing goes, it really is go big or go home. And it's unfortunate because mm. you lose a lot of nuance at times when yep. that's the case. Um, you, you, you spoke of bitterness. Uh, the same thing can go even for fruity esters. Sometimes people just try to pack it in. And feel that if they can just hit some sort of threshold, which is unknown, mm-hmm. then it becomes something truly unique. But I, I, I hope that over time we start to embrace embrace nuance again. Agreed,
2: um, and with sweetness too. I mean, you see, it, it's it's in yeah. all directions. It's not just bitter. It's sweet. It's bitter. Mm-hmm. It's sour. It's this. It's just. Always like there are some producers who just push too far in all the in any direction, and I agree I, with you 100% agree. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: um, and then really quick, uh, Rory, when you were giving your shout outs, I, I think that those were very important. Um, I want to just dip on the fact that he, uh, he mentioned uh, Peter over at North Fork Brewing. So, in my in our company's origin, um, we were an all prop before Rory at North Fork. And that's how we got started. What,
0: what was it, Rob? You're a what? Uh,
4: alternating proprietorship. Okay. Yeah. So Rory is the current alternating proprietorship in North Fork. We were the prior, the, the former one. And uh, without North Fork, you know, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be around. Rory wouldn't be around. And then also, Rory and myself wouldn't have our.
0: Um, you know, and wait, Rob, to clarify. So the alternating proprietorship does that mean that there's one day when it's considered your brewery, and the other day it's theirs? No, no, um, no. It's it's more well,
3: to, to put it simply, but it's a bit more nuanced than that.
0: Yeah. So
4: it, it more has to do with host uh, a host and a tenant situation. So uh, North Fork has the host license, and then um, at the time I had a tenant license, so I was able to use their system and produce and pe- manufacture and then push product out via wholesale or retail or whatever. But um, it was basically using. Uh, it, it's kind of being like a a, a subtenant or a, a subletting on the yeah. lease, essentially.
0: Rory, that that um, that to me that sounds like another really great part of New York State's uh, craft beverage laws. Is is that a New York thing the way it, yeah. it's working like that?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I can only speak to New York, uh, but it, it absolutely is. Um, so as far as I understand it, it was really all cut, came out of two thousand fourteen under uh, then governor andrew cuomo and it was really a, a recalibration of uh of the existing brewery laws which basically were abc laws that separated you know if you manufactured you, you couldn't distribute or retail if you wholesale sorry you distributed you couldn't manufacture or retail and it and it it basically circumvented uh all of that and then you know, created these requirements underneath it. The alt prop stuff, I don't know if that preceded 2014 or what, if that's a lawyer, I guess for that, but it is a great mechanism if like in Rob's case, uh, his place wasn't ready yet. Or in my case, the, the local ordinance didn't allow me to manufacture. Um, and uh, yeah, and then just, to, just as a callback to Roberson Peter really is the existing genesis moment for both of our entities and then uh, also allowed the platform for Rob and I to work together, which is great.
0: Yeah. Yep. And w- where is North Fork Brewing? It's, it's in Riverhead. It's in Riverhead yeah. And are, are people able to go there or is, there just, is it just production?
3: Oh, 100%. I go, I go there a little t- like Oh, you that. do? Yeah, I not know. You, you
0: got to tell, tell me about the other places around because... I haven't been there in a few years. I I used to go to uh, Greenpoint Harbor brewing quite a bit. Um, But otherwise, I haven't really been out there for beer. Yeah.
3: How long has North Fork been
4: going, uh, Uh, Rob? Yeah, uh, North Fork is, oh, where are they? I think they're at five years now. No,
2: five years, yeah. Five years. Actually, actually, I I think a little longer. I wrote about them in Imbibe in 2016 um when they just started i think they i think they kicked off in 2016
4: yeah yeah that sounds that sounds about right but But yeah riverhead's uh, a cool place
2: right it's uh it seems like a it seems like a brewery
0: town doesn't it rob when yeah if you've been through riverhead you got highways you got you got it's in between the north and south fork it's got a little grit to it i don't know if it still does
4: no, it's it still has the grid. do that's no that's not ever going to go the, well. grid. <laughs> the Grid
0: is there. <laughs> um,
4: no, but it's it's a great town. I mean, there's there's six breweries right now mm-hmm. in Riverhead, uh, local, and you know, often in uh, you know, in written pieces uh, they talk about it as the brewery capital of Long Island. And um, no, I believe that every single brewery that's uh, that's within the uh, the limits is completely different. Um, People talk about, like, oh, well, you know, six too many. Are you oversaturating the area? But sure, that could happen. But I think that everyone within has taken such a different approach to their beer, to the way that they present their tasting room, that it's, uh, yeah, everything seems at least unique.
2: Rob, what are the six?
4: So there's myself. And then in no particular order, there's a Twin Fork. There's Long Island, uh, North Fork, Crooked Ladder. Oh, sorry, uh, Crooked Ladder is no more. It's uh, Trade Winds now, and uh, Pecana County Brewing. Yeah, so I was yeah, wondering
2: I if it. Twin Fork was still there. I didn't realize that they had uh, folded.
4: No, Twin Fork is still there. Uh, Crooked Ladder. Oh, Crooked Ladder. Excuse me. Crooked Ladder. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so there's six, and then there's also a distillery now, uh, which is right next door to North Fork. Uh, oh montauk um, distilling montauk Mm distilling yeah mm -hmm. so we've got this great community and you know once the summer comes around there's little trolleys that takes people everywhere you can basically park your car and uh, bounce from brewery to brewery you can also walk to three of them uh, very easily so it's it's a nice little community that
0: we've formed out there sounds like my kind of town definitely got to go out there riverhead and then swing over to sag harbor I've never really spent much time uh, in either of those. There's uh, uh, a, yeah, I
3: I uh, just read this recently, but there's a Forbes article saying Riverhead is like yes,
2: yeah. yes, yeah, top travel yeah. destinations next to like yeah. Bali.
0: <laughs> Why, yeah. Amy, Amy? Did you write that article?
2: <laughs> I did not, sir. <laughs> 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 wow,
0: well, that's great. Listen, we're, we're all laughing here. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All
1: right. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com.
0: Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni, I'm the host, and we're on in our 14th season here on Heritage Radio Network. You can become a member and support the network with over 30 podcasts each week. Heritage Radio Network.org, Outer Brooklyn, New York City. So we're talking about the East End of Long Island, the Kid Squid Brewing, Uber Geek Brewing, and Amy Zavato of South Forker, a hip new uh, media company that's out in the East End. So, Amy, you, you you as a writer, like I I know you as someone who wrote about Prosecco. I think of you as a wine expert. I know you work for Long Island Merlot Council. Um, oh gosh, yeah. You know you 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 got a lot of cred. Um. So so what's what are you covering with South Forker? Like is this like kind of like what edible East End used to be or or is
2: I, I feel like we're kind of um uh, yes we are we are the um we're telling we're we're storytellers and we're telling all kinds of interesting maker stories um interesting, um, delicious, wonderful pieces about um, folks like Rory, uh, new restaurants that are opening, old restaurants that have been around for 50 years, stores, um, nature hikes, and beautiful places you can go in the Hamptons and the South Fork. You know, there's so much more to it than, you know, I think what people think about the Hamptons. And it has a it has a, a reputation for being a very particular kind of area, perhaps a bit moneyed and you know, and that's certainly part of it. But there's art, there's nature, there's food, there's drink, there's um, there's so much to the South Fork, and that's what South Fork is doing. We're telling all of the beautiful stories like Rory's and yeah. um well, and it's a good time, love, right?
0: Getting us ready to start planning out our spring and summer travels and
2: exactly getting out of the city. And having grown up out here, um, it's it's a place that I love and it's really close to my heart. And it's such a pleasure and a joy to be able to to do that.
0: Great. Now back to Rory or Rob. Um, Amy said she was drinking the the kid squid, the dreamy dreamy coffee stout. Um, who wants to talk about what's the flavor profile? You know, what, what was the inspiration for that beer? Um, so you're, you're there, um, your recipes, right? That's uh, yeah,
3: my recipes, uh, you know, I have great guardrails with Rob, and then uh, Rob's expertise, uh, for this one is no different than the other ones. Um, I'll start with the concepts. Dreamy Coffee is an existing uh coffee company here in Sag Harbor. Uh, shout out to Linda and her team. Um, uh, they've, been, they've been making this coffee since 1989. It's like, a, it's like an institution here. So uh, I wanted to have a coffee stout out there in the world, uh, and it made sense to speak to Linda first. We used her Dreamy Coffee Proprietary Blend, which uh, I would love to tell you what's in it, but I can't because <laughs> she won't tell me. Um, yeah. <laughs> proprietary. Uh, all I know is that it's good. Yeah, proprietary, exactly. That's what that means. Um, It's it's really good, uh, and uh, we wanted to put it in a stout, and we got a bunch of our concentrate. And um, when it came time, right before packaging, uh, Rob, Linda, and I, Rob, Linda, Grania, and I sat down and uh, taste tested uh, enough of the uh, um, brew until we thought we nailed it. Not overly coffee, not underly coffee just the right amount. And um, then we uh, labeled it as uh, co-branding. Basically, it's a collaboration with the non-beer partner, Dreamy Coffee Cow, um, Stout.
0: And then w- when you brew, at what point do you put the coffee concentrate in? This was done right
3: before packaging. So Right right, right, when we're about to keg it and
0: can it. And then, Rob, you want to talk a little bit about the the mechanics of, of that
4: yeah sure I mean anytime you add cold brew coffee to any sort of beverage uh, luckily it's pretty devoid of uh, most sugars so it's not like you're going to see any kind of uh, continued fermentation so uh, you know with respect to Rory's beer uh, the dreamy coffee stout uh, we were able to add it just uh, pretty pretty close to packaging I think it was the day before and um, yeah. and we were you know, very certain that there would be you know no added fermentation. Everything would be exactly how um, it tasted that day. Um, but no, it's, it's it's always good when we get to do these types of bench top experiments with uh, you know drawing up uh, stout and coffee into pipettes and uh, just trying to figure out the proper ratios. And it's it's just it's great for collaboration. I think that I find myself in a unique position where I get to see many of these collaborations and, uh, you know, come to fruition.
0: Yeah. I saw on your website, either the current or recent uh, beer list, it said you even have a Doppelbach. Is that? No. Nope. <laughs> That's someone else's list. <laughs> okay.
3: Sorry, we well, tell it, me what's on your
4: list. Let's get this out. Let, let, Roar, you you. <laughs> let's get this out. So let, well, now, well, now we're going to we're now going to have to brew one before the sale. Of course you want you can put my
3: Doppelbock on. Was
0: that was that your Rob? Is that Uber, Uber Geek has a Doppelbock?
3: It's Rob's doppelbox. Well, let's hey, talk Doppelbock. about Rob. So,
0: Robbie, you're you're at Uber Geek. Yeah. yeah. You, you, so you're the one that had from pills to IPAs to sour to doppelbox. Um, oh yeah. Why a Doppelbock? I mean, I love it. When I see what, <laughs> when I talk about beer. I like beer, and I like – I love the German styles, and Doppelbach is something that calls to me this time of year. So, Rob, I bet it calls to you too, doesn't it? <laughs>
4: Absolutely. No, Doppelbocks are beautiful. <laughs> um, my my favorite was uh, the Einger Celebrator. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 such a, it's such a beautiful Doppelbach, and also you get a trinket with it as well. You get a little ram ornament. It's kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing about Doppelbachs, uh, for those that don't know, is that uh, the majority of the names end in ATOR, A-T-O-R. So when we created our Doppelbach, we were like, all right, well, what are we going to name this thing? And um, the predominantly the beers that we push out, um, they're all generally states of mind of mind, that you know, I wake up in two in the morning and panic sweats and I, and I write it down. So, yeah, if anybody ever wanted to commit me, like, all they have to do, or psychoanalyze me, all they have to do is just read our beer names, and they'll figure me out. Um, But this one, so we needed it to end in A-Tour, and the only thing that would come to mind is a calculator. So, we, uh, this beer itself is called, uh, you call that a calculator. And it's, um, basically, if you look at the label art, it's inspired by uh, an abacus. Um, So, it's, yeah. But... It's, it's, it's a really nice. wonderful beer. It's, it's chewy. It's plummy. It's exactly what you want for this time of year. It's 7.5%. And uh, we've made it several times already. Uh, this is our first season canning it. And the, I believe the cans are pretty much gone already.
0: Wow. And then you, you have some fun. Like I, I checked out Uber Geek on Instagram. You've got a whole bunch of videos. And uh, you guys are goofing around. It, it made me wonder, like, are you serious about your beer just because your Instagram is so much fun?
4: Yeah, oh, we're, we're very serious about the beer. So w- the way we look at it is as long as you lay down your principles and you have um, you know, all, all your priorities set, then you, you can have as much fun as you want to have. Um, it, you know, we With respect to you know, um, beer recipe design, everything is built on the base of scientific principles. And I I think there's two different types of brewers out there, those that take the scientific track and are more regimented and those that are more artistic. And I think that with about a decade's worth of brewing under my belt now, um, the scientific principles are a bit rote and uh, the artistic, fun, aloof side is starting to come out. So I think as long as you're preserving those principles, uh, at least on the beer side, you can have fun with it. As far as the videos we've been putting out, um, we are we've been starting a new campaign where we've realized that people kind of want to get to know us a little bit better. So by putting out these videos, we feel like we are kind of inviting the world into our family, and uh, the response has been uh, been pretty fantastic. I but also, the- we don't ta- we don't take ourselves too seriously as well.
2: I love the names of your beers, Rob. They're so cool.
4: Thank you, thank you. There's a whole Meltdown bunch that I don't
0: <laughs>
2: Tell us a couple couple (laughs) more names, Rob.
4: Yeah, no, Amy, just, yeah, Existential Meltdown is a vibe. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely true. We started a vibe series. What beer is Um, that?
0: Tell us what the beer is.
4: It's a uh, blackberry raspberry uh, tart with vanilla added to it. Um, It's blood red, and it's very drinkable. It's Actually, it's 8% as well. It's a very drinkable 8%.
2: And I love that you have a faith no more nod. That's that's awesome.
4: (laughs) We we, uh, yeah, there's so many different things that we've done. What's uh, that
2: beer, the faith no more? (laughs) We care a lot.
4: (laughs) Oh, the we care a lot. Yeah. So the we care a lot. That was um that actually was a collaboration that we ended up doing uh, with several breweries on the island, and uh, I believe it was uh, John, who's formerly of. Dubco, he was the one that wrote that recipe and, and uh, spearheaded that whole effort. Uh, but yeah, no, our, our our beer names are very uh, out there. There's a whole list that I have not put out, uh, just because I uh, I'm fearful that people will commit me.
0: So I'll just kind of uh, keep those myself. <laughs> you got more, <laughs> and, and Rory, tell us we we don't have that much time, but you know, tell us a little bit about your beer. So we, we heard about the Dreamy Coffee Stout. You know, two, two other beers that, that Kid Squid's making. Sure.
3: Uh, we do have a, a full moon series. Um, and uh, the on paper, it's brewed on the full moon and it's served on the full moon or released on the full moon. In action, it is released on the full moon at least. So uh, we've got that down at least. So this isn't like um, a
0: biodynamic... <laughs> You know, well, 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 jimmy I'm glad you asked. Plan <laughs> <laughs> with the moon it's, thing.
2: It's, is there is there a cow horn <laughs> filled with manure or? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's uh, it is it, it so it, it actually all comes down to the first uh, hazy or New England IPA that I was home brewing, and as um, I left the garage, the full moon was rising, and it was perfectly framed. Um, and so that kind of like led to that being named after that full moon, and uh, then we moved forward from there. Um, so we have, uh, as of April of this year, we'll, we'll have done 12 of them for each of the full moons, and uh, we don't plan on stopping it. Um, Rob and I have worked out. How to how to do this without compromising other production? So you you, you I mean, target the we, full moon figured it out. as a release date. Is that it? The, the full moon is the release di- date. That is correct.
0: And then about- yes.
3: and and where and where possible, the brewing is on the full moon as well. That's- Although that's been a little complicated the past six months since we've opened the tasting room and everything. And
0: then another Another beer. Another beer. Uh, Another beer? (laughs) Um, Well, I'm looking forward to having a beer
3: called Squid Pro Quo, uh, which will really speak to all of the uh, tangled, (laughs) tentacle-like connections that we uh, have made and are beholden to. Um, So, I don't know. That would be a future beer. Um, Of the beers that we are doing, um, we have a number of sours that are in collaboration with Northport Brewing Company. We started off. This is the first beer we actually brewed professionally. Was Tide Goes In, uh, and it was a Goza, uh, and wow. Tide Goes Out, and then Squiddy Smalls, reference to uh, <laughs> to Biggie, um, which uh, that came out recently. It was an Imperial Fruited Sour with uh, with 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 orange um, and cranberry, and the uh, close second that from a homebrew standpoint that was first brewed. Um, during Omicron, uh, Omicron, <laughs> during that wave of COVID, and uh, we added cranberry and called it Omicron. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, we've got some like themed stuff towards the Sag Harbor community, uh, Sag Harbor Lager. Rob um, um, and I just finished brewing, or sorry, just brewed it. That's uh, gonna be finished in about a very soon, uh, but Sag Harbor Lager is packaged towards the uh, the cinema um, of Sag Harbor, which has the iconic Sag Harbor name in the front of it, and the same thing exists on the can. Uh, Whalers Pilsner towards the whaling community, not towards that, so that's basically the it. The church, the church. But, uh, oh, the church, yeah, sorry. So a lot of these are collaborations that are in the works. We're working with the parish. On one, uh, and the church, which is a phenomenal uh, arts institution. On another, Bay Street Theater, which is the theatrical institution. We're really lucky in Sag Harbor to have like this preponderance of not-for-profit institutions with real gravitas. And uh, as much as we're able to highlight them on our beer, and as much as they'll have us,
2: we're going to keep doing it. Amen, brother.
0: All right. And
2: Rory, uh, <laughs> summer's
0: coming. I'm out there in that area. Um, what's the one beer that you make that, that I should be drinking this summer, or that you think will be your popular beer, even if it's not? Just you gotta tell me one. I think <laughs> well, I would hit up. I would hit up uh, depending on when when you come in the summer. I would hit up
3: either the uh, Strawberry Moon, which is the June full moon, the Buck Moon, the July full moon, or the Sturgeon Moon, which is the August full moon.
0: And all those are IPAs.
3: They're all uh, variations on a the theme, and they're
0: all uh, generally hazy IPAs. That's great. And Rob, what about you for Uber Geek? What's going to be your beer of summer?
4: Oh boy, uh, for sure. I'm I'm always going to you know advertise my baby. Uh, so that's uh, uh, Space Age Times Stone Age Minds. That's our <laughs> oh, yeah. that's our flagship uh, IPA. I guess you'd call it a double IPA. Most people would call it a double IPA. It's a 8.2%. It's got some beautiful Idaho seven in it. It It's notes of pineapple and just juicy fruits and it's hazy as hell. And it's, it's just fantastic.
0: You guys, you know, this makes me ready for summer. I'm glad we're recording this in February. Uh, I myself like to start planning out my summer and I'm sure a lot of other people do too, but, um, Amy, you you you're such a good friend, and uh, really to me well respected in in the you know drinks and and riding community. So thanks so much for uh, reaching out and and bringing the show together. Thanks, um, Jimmy. Yeah, and we're going to keep up. So we'll we'll, we'll follow South Forker online. And look Please for do. for your name, right? Amy's Southforker
2: dot com.
0: <laughs> reading out to get ready for the summer, right? Yes. W- absolutely. W- when does the season kind of start? When does it go from Quiet to now.
2: now. Yeah. You know, I got to say I was in, I was in Sag Harbor on both Friday and Saturday night and it was packed to the gills and I couldn't even park on the main street because they had this wonderful event called Harbor Frost. But, you know, even with eight degree weather, people were like, like you couldn't park. It was nuts. And Sag Harbor is just a really super fun town as is Riverhead.
0: Well, that's great. You guys, I'm really, really proud of you and, and happy to meet you both. And Rory, any, any last thing you want to shout out, maybe to your partner or your family or anything?
3: Uh, no, I want to say, Jimmy, thank you for uh, everything that you're doing here. And it's um, great meeting you today. Amy, as always, uh, you know, South Park is just getting off, uh, just starting, and it's going to do amazing things. And, uh, Thanks, and give a shout back out to Peter from uh, North Fork, uh, who honestly, like, it's he's the reason. He's so affable, but he's the reason that. All of us are here right now, except
0: for Amy and you, Jenny. Great, and then last, Rob, the, you're going to close us out with a, a, a bit of brewing wisdom.
4: Wow, you put me on, the spot, <laughs> don't put with that. on the spot. What should
0: I, what should I oh, walk I, away I, I, with?
4: No, no, no. I got one. Um, brewing wisdom. Remember to refrigerate your harvested yeast, because if you don't, uh, their glycogen <laughs> reserves are just going to be destroyed. And uh, good luck with your next batch of beer.
0: Nice. Thank you, man. That's a good one. <laughs> Remember to refrigerate your harvested <laughs> beer. It's probably going to be the title of this show. So, <laughs> All right. Thanks so oh, much. Good. Rob, Amy, and Rory, thanks for joining me here on Beer Sessions Radio. Big shout out to Armin Spenge and our engineer. I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host. This is Heritage Radio Network. We'll catch you next time. Woo! Thanks so much. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network.